Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of the CommonSenseShow.tv. Thank you so much for joining us. Censorship-free, commercial-free. And you can see that uh, this is the Doug and Dave Intel Report. And we have our old friend, Timothy Alvarino, with us. And so you kind of have an idea what we're going to talk about. Uh, three letters, UFOs. And we'll also get into other things as well, too, that are related to that. And uh, we're happy to have Tim here. We looked like we were headed uh, straight into disclosure here a few months ago. And it seems like everything stopped. Um, Tim, uh, what's your take? Why didn't we get full disclosure like we thought we were going to? Uh, well, that's a good uh, description of what seems to have happened. Uh, I, I feel like the Pentagon was chasing the phenomenon, trying to get a hold of the narrative, and they caught up to it. And so now they've got the narrative tamped down. And... Uh, and that includes what's what Congress is doing, and uh, I, I did I never expected a, a full disclosure, a full throated disclosure of the alien presence from the government, not anytime soon, anyway. But um, what was what was coming out of the Pentagon was remarkable, but it's sort of like they turned the faucet off, and now they're trying to walk some of it back, but it's too late for that. The cat's out of the bag, and. Um, and so now I think they're going to pretend like the extraordinary claims and data that was released really was much more prosaic than 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 you know than than we were thinking and and really the only one I see continuing to talk about this besides the UFO community UFO Twitter and the like is Tucker Carlson yes and um, and so I you know like I said the cat's out of the bag. But I feel like the Pentagon, the Pentagon has caught up to the phenomenon they've gotten in terms of, you know, things sort of broke loose with that New York Times article in 2017, the Nimitz incident. But they've caught up. They've 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 they're now in control of the narrative again. And and they're doing what they always do, which is to obfuscate. Well, here's what bothers me. They use the phrase threat to national security, quote, unquote. This was the Pentagon. This was the DOD. I mean, th there's no taking back what they said. No. So there's a threat to me that says our lives are in danger. Our continued existence as a species could be in danger. Certainly our civilization could be in danger, although we're doing a pretty good job of doing that on our own. But uh, to me, it's self-explanatory, Tim. It is. And you know what may have happened? And this is just speculation. But maybe the guys at the Pentagon who were feeling like, you know, it's time to 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 be honest about some of this and and go with some of the leaks and so forth. Maybe the guys from the you know, those are maybe the guys you can call them the, the, the deep state at the Pentagon. But maybe the guys from the dumb state got a hold of them and um, told them that it's time to put the lid on this. And what I mean is the dumb state being, of course, the deep underground military bases where the knowledge <laughs> of UFOs is really uh, is really harbored. And the, certainly the technology and the uh, all of the reverse engineering and all of that is is way over the head, way above the pay grade of of 99 percent of the people that work at the Pentagon. Well, you know, the. This is the, the interesting thing to consider is that with governmental disclosure of top secret, top secret SCI files, um, if I'm correct, the National Archives, after everything's filed, 
they have a duty to then release these files if it doesn't have any uh, pertinence to national security after 20 to 30 years. So, you know, every about 20 years, we get to learn something that happened 20 years ago, and then we get, you know, two years of talking points out of it. But what's interesting is that that's not what happened. Instead, we're learning about stuff that happened mid-2000s. So that's already kind of breaking the normalities of when you're filing classified information, why did you release it before its actual, you know, uh, end of date service before it should be normally released to the public? I feel like you get a trickle effect every now and then from the government. Here's a little bit of information. We turn the faucet on, we turn it off, then we turn the faucet on again, get you a yeah, little exactly. bit, uh, you know, a little bit into the groove of the of the alien UFO phenomena, and then they cut it off. And then out of nowhere, Tim, they released the look what, you know, all the soft tissue damage stuff that the uh, Pentagon released. All right. The, the unexplained bursts, um, the amount of sightings where people had, uh, you know, radiation burns. And then they say, now we think that UFOs are a threat because of Nimitz and all this other stuff. Well, the, well, the one thing that they did very, very successfully, and it irritates the heck out of me. Uh, I follow UFO Twitter, and and it's it's uh, very irritating that everyone has adopted the new term, the UAPs. Yeah, and that drives me crazy. Don't don't let them give us new terms. We're talking about UFOs. We're talking about the phenomenon that they've been covering up all these decades, and everybody's just going with this new term and allowing the government to sort of twist the narrative as if it's some mystical mysterious thing that they're just curious about that's what that's what the effect of changing that term i believe is is accomplishing and it, it drives me crazy that all these ufo people who, who've been following the topic um have have adopted this new terminology i absolutely detest it that's why i do not refer to ufos as uaps unidentified aerial phenomena because yeah, what's the purpose for changing the name do you think i think it's to it's ambiguity it's ambiguity a ufo is an alien craft that's what it is in everybody's mind when you say ufo Nobody thinks the Russians, nobody thinks the Chinese, everybody thinks gray aliens or something, uh, some other kind of alien being. UFOs are inextricably linked to extraterrestrial entities. But a UAP is like a big question mark. It might be some kind of a, a metaphysical thing or whatever. I mean, it's just sort of, it's, an, it's a, it, it casts a, sh a shadow of ambiguity over something that is crystal clear to so many of us let me let me give and, you my my thought on that because i think you're right because it went from unidentified flying object which was a military term that was military terminology and then it went to unidentified aerial phenomena when you add in the phenomena which is something that the u.s government does not research openly but they do it all the time right but they don't they don't openly come out and talk about phenomena as in we're we're following and tracking something militarily. Why is it not unidentified aerial threat? Why is it not unidentified aerial vehicle? Why did they put phenomena? Because it's just a big question mark. It's ambiguous. It can be anything. It it leaves the door open for it to be anything. And 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 but a UFO 
and you know you can make the argument well ufo's just an unidentified flying flying object but but not in the minds of the masses in the minds of the masses a ufo is an extraterrestrial spacecraft and so and that's just they had to change the terminology these are the kind of games that the government plays all the time and these little subtle things it's amazing what i've seen now if you go if you follow ufo with the so-called ufo twitter like i do um you'll see the effect that this has had the, the conversation is different now the conversation about unidentified aerial phenomenon is different in some respects to the conversation about ufos and is it the is it the alien factor that's different yes it's shifting away from and and i talked to richard dolan <clears> about <throat> this um and uh, i think we both concur that that there's been a shift in the ufo community and this is the secular ufo community there's been a shift away from the idea that what we're dealing with is physical and potentially extraterrestrial hardware towards something that's much more nebulous something that's much more difficult to define and you know you throw in terms like interdimensional which i do subscribe to to the idea that there are elements of interdimensionality involved here but but uh, but but the but by changing that term they shifted the conversation effectively and it is amazing to me how good they are at doing this and that might maybe that was the purpose of maybe that was part of their uh strategy and and getting hold of this and getting hold of this these leaks and and all of the all of the news that the phenomenon was was getting a, a couple years ago maybe part of the strategy was to make sure that if we're going to talk about ufos if we have to talk about them let's talk about them on our terms let's right. not talk about them using the zeitgeist of the 21st century Everybody knows what a UFO is. We've all seen the movies. We all have heard the stories. And so many of us have seen the craft. So if you just shift that term, it, like I said, it casts a shade of ambiguity over the subject. And again, it, as you can tell, it drives me nuts because it's effective. Have you ever heard of Project Aquiline? No. Project Aquiline um, started, I believe, in 1968. When we first started to build drones and the idea was to build an aircraft that was um, in the shape, at least by radar, of a bird. And it was used for intelligence gathering and the top secret level of this was for Aquiline staff only. No one else could know anything about it and you were only allowed access to the project from the Joint Chiefs and up and then the Aquiline staff. Now, you may ask, who started the project? The CIA started the project. So there's an interesting theme here. Between the 1940s to present day, the CIA has held captive the UFO threat. The, it was the CIA and then the Air Force. And I think in a lot of ways with, with the UAP is that you may see an introduction of craft soon that they say what you have been seeing, the TR-3B Mantas um, and, and some of these other objects, this is actually our technology. And here is some of the documents that shows um, kind of like a chain of custody for how many different decades that we've been working on these projects. Also keep in mind, if if you are ostensibly investigating something, so now we have this, this 
committee in Congress who's supposedly looking into this and and uh, Jill De- Co- Congresswoman Gildebrandt uh, is one of the one of the people one of the most outspoken and prominent people on this panel. Um, if you have the appearance of investigation, what it does is it's like it, it, it's it pacifies the masses because mm-hmm. then you feel like, OK, OK, they're doing an investigation. OK, good. We're going to get some information. There's going to be reports. And uh, but I think this is a very clever I wouldn't call it a ruse, but it's it it it's it's I don't think it's what people think. It definitely solidifies the ufo phenomenon as 100 real for sure that's like i said the cat's out of the bag on that one but now it allows them to give the appearance that they're investigating and uh and and sometimes an investigation like that is the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. because then the information is going to be completely controlled compartmental and the, and the news organizations are just going to parrot whatever this committee wants them to, and as you said, the CIA and the NSA is involved in this. All all of our major intelligence operations are are now involved in the UFO question. But um, but it did start with the Air Force, um, and so I, you know, I never expected much out of. I did. I never expected much out of this committee, out of Congress, and. Although I did, I did mark how significant it is now that 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 the admittance is 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 open, and frank, and that is a that's something that you know, like we were talking about earlier, that step has been taken, and 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 they're not going to be able to walk that back. Well, two things. For one thing, I don't like the fact that they start a law enforcement branch, uh, even if it is just OSI or or some sort of an investigative service. I don't like the fact that they started a law enforcement branch that they put a badge and gun to somebody to go and ask questions because it's reminiscent of Blue Book all over again. And what really happened with that was a lot of people were threatened by the United States Air Force. Threatened not And it to was speak. a faux investigation, too. That's right. So here's the other thing is if Fame we if if we remain quiet on the UFO threat, the, the that they call the threat, um all the information that we have, what is stopping Russia from disclosing it? Because Vladimir Putin has talked about UFOs before. Um, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's in the interest of any nation to, to talk about it. Um, It may be that some of these nations are, have been hiding what they know from the U S government, from the CIA, from the U S air force. And they don't want to show their, they don't want to show their hand either. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm sure even that the, the Peruvian Air Force has recovered craft, <laughs> downed craft. Pro- I'm sure Russia has and China. And so are they communicating? Are they is there some sort of an agreement behind the scenes that nobody's really going to come forth with all this? Although Mexico, uh, the uh, the former president of Mexico did did attempt um, to to release some data. And, and long before the New York Times article, too. Yeah, through through, through that guy Jaime. Yep. What was his name? Um, but you know what I'm talking about—the Mexican researcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that government sponsored me. to do that? I, I think it was maybe behind the curtain. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I know who you're talking about, Jaime. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but I don't know if it was directly government. But the, but I believe, if I remember correctly, if my if my memory serves me. 
it was a statement that was put out by the Mexican Air Force to the effect that the phenomenon is real and we've captured it on our on our cameras on our on our airplanes and so i could be wrong it was something like that but because it was coming out of mexico you know it it, it from americans got to hear it from the horse's mouth we have to hear it from our government and we did and now it's just amazing i just it's just amazing to watch uh, how that what's unfolded in the last few years has kind of pacified people rather than rather than people being up in arms saying, you know, hold on a minute and starting to reverse engineer this in their minds, which is what they should do because, you know, okay, so so the phenomenon is real. Now, okay, downcrafts. Tucker Carlson was starting to get into that a little bit. I think he's going to continue to push that. What about recovered uh, hardware? And then furthermore, what about abductions? What about alien abductions? And that is the path, believe me, those two issues the government does not and will not allow uh, conversation around those. That's why they changed the terminology. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Let's focus on the aerial phenomena, everybody. Let's not talk about crash retrievals, and let's not talk about abductions. Well, why wouldn't they talk about abductions? If they come out, if the Pentagon comes out with admitting of abductions, admitting of um, fetuses being stolen, as I think that's their terminology, um, being removed from from women or you know sperm samples you know uh, these very uh very aggressive acts that have happened to people who have been abducted why would they come out and say that then because it implicates them in a cover-up again unidentified aerial phenomena we had a task force you know the government can say we we were studying it you know and and we had yeah we were studying we are concerned about unidentified aerial phenomena let's let's keep let's let's keep the conversation on that level believe me that is what they desperately want to control the narrative they do not want to talk about alien abductions because they are implicated in a massive cover up if they do is that because they've known the about it yeah, I was going to say because of the secret agreements made with Truman and Eisenhower. Well, and also simply because they've known about it and they never warned anyone. Okay. Never told anybody that it was happening, and they and they allowed people who were coming forward to talk about it to be to be absolutely mocked and ridiculed, and and the government is completely complicit in the in the abduction. And 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 to your point, Dave, specifically if that agreement, the Grieta Treaty, is real. And Eisenhower actually signed an agreement with the Greys, um, and and the jury's out on that. We don't have any definitive proof one way or the other. But 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 believe me, that do not want to talk about because remember, this will open up a can of worms. Then you're going to start have to talk about underground bases. Well, yeah, you you, you I start mean, getting FOIA requests for it then. Exactly, and so right now, abductions and reverse engineered. Alien technology is still is still in the realm of fantasy. What the government has admitted um, is that UFOs are real, which is huge, which is massive. The controversy is over, absolutely. But now they want to talk about unidentified aerial phenomenon. And I don't understand why everybody's letting them get away with that. Have you seen uh, David Politis? He has a, a new documentary out. Uh, missing 411 with a ufo abduction connection i didn't see the documentary but i'm familiar with his work it, it's I, i've watched it twice so far it's um it's pretty compelling um in his documentary they seem to be all within like a triangulated area there's like a 
a a hotbed of this area where these uh, men mainly are being abducted. Um, and I just wonder, do we have more of this abduction story in the national parks than we do at people's homes? Well, I have to say that the national park abduction scenarios are very, it's a different animal than the typical alien abduction. Typical alien abduction, you're taken from usually your home, usually your bed, not always, oftentimes from your car while it's moving, um, or you're instructed, you're, you are telepathically instructed to pull over and you, and you do so because um, you're under the alien's control if, it's, if, it's, if, if they're abducting you. Um, and you're typically taken from your bedroom, let's say, and, and you go through the, the, the abduction procedures and then you're returned. And they try to put you back the way they took you so that you're not suspicious. Uh, they don't want to draw attention to their program. So they try and put you back. Sometimes they mess up. Sometimes they, your, clothes, your shirt's on backwards or, or somebody else's shirt is on you or you don't have any clothes on at all. Um, but you're always put back. The aliens always put you back. What's going on in the national parks, see, like I said, seems to be a different animal altogether. There, I don't know that we can draw a correlation between the gray abduction program and the missing persons phenomenon in the national parks. I have no idea what's there's, going on there. There's there's a lot of reports, and I've actually been able to read a few of them. There are reports out there where people see the strange lights in the sky where um, a lot of hunters who are out there backpacking by themselves or sometimes in teams and then split up uh, to chase game. They are abducted, but they're almost always found in an area, and it seems to be an area that search and recovery has already searched two or three times, and then poof, here's the sky. So one of the guys, no, alive, alive. Okay, well, if they're being put back alive, because a lot of the stories I've read is that the people disappear indefinitely. Yeah, and here's a mixed priority, okay, so sometimes they don't come back. Okay, sometimes you're just lost in the void of a forest, and that can happen. Predatory yeah. animals can get you very fast as well. Yeah. And then sometimes you die from exposure. You may mm-hmm. have been put back alive, but you know, depending on what's going on, you may die from exposure. Mm-hmm. But the but I don't think the grays would put you back where you're gonna die. That's not what they're doing. They're not they, they don't want you dead. They, they that's that that defeats the purpose of the abduction program. So they abduct you from the time you're a toddler until you're into old age. What's and what's, What's strange about this, and you and I have talked about abductions very deeply, all right? So I want your, I want your opinion on this, because I think you're one of the experts in the field for the abduction uh, phenomena. And it's that this one guy, he claims to have been abducted. They come, they take his semen, they try to tell him, you know, all these different ways that, you know, he can save the world. And then they, poof, put him back into this, a similar area. He's kind of like in a canyon. And then he goes out and and he, you know, does nothing with the information. Why would they tell a random person walking in the woods, this is how you save the planet, X, Y, and Z? Why would they even care? Well, that's very common to an abduction scenario, actually. Um, Abductees are often communicated messages that what we're doing with you is important for the future. Um you know, as if there's some impending doom coming and, and they're going to have a role to play. And th- this is all part, uh, in my opinion, of the screen memory complex. In other words, 
they're masking what they're doing to you. Right. And so oftentimes they don't want you to be afraid. They don't want you to freak out. They don't want you to be aggressive. They don't want you to be hostile. They want you to be pliable um, and pacified. And so they'll, they'll tell you whatever you need to hear or whatever they think you need to hear to pacify you. And so abductees are, are meant to feel like they're special, like they're part of this secret program that's, that's going to has something to do with saving the earth or that there's some, there's a change that's going to happen and they're going to be part of this. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe the abductees are being trained for something. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, I well, think what's I, your guess, if that's the case, what would they be trained for? Well, David Jacobs um, talks a lot about how it, it, so many of the abductees seem to describe almost like a crowd control situation uh, or a rescue rescue operations. Uh, some abductees have claimed that they're being taught to fly the craft. Um, I don't know. I you know there's there are this kind of this is kind of open of this will kind of open a field of conversation here, but. There is the possibility, and, and I did not, I don't know if I talked about this in my book. It might be in a footnote. I didn't I didn't want to address this in the book because it seemed distractionary. Um, but I there is the possibility that um we are facing some kind of a natural disaster, not man-made climate change, something much worse, something and and, and a real existential threat. Like a pole Not, shift or a Yellowstone, like a pole shift yeah. or some sort of a solar phenomenon or a comet impact, something on the order, uh, on that order of magnitude that that would absolutely rock the Earth, and and there seem to be indications of this. Like maybe that's why there's so many deep underground military bases. <laughs> maybe that's why uh, the government doesn't seem to care about spending spending us into oblivion. Um, and when I say the government, I mean, the, I mean, the deep elements of the government. Um, uh, maybe the, the whole climate change thing is a cover for this other thing that's happening or that's coming. You know, Tom Horn talks about Apophis, the, the asteroid Apophis uh, that he believes is going to hit the Earth uh, between, I think, 2025 and 2029, I think somewhere in that time frame. Um uh, but other people are saying that we are in the beginning of a polar shift. Other people are saying that we're in this 12,000 year cycle with the sun, where the sun is going to eject massive, some kind of a massive solar flare event. Um, there's all kinds of different ideas out there. In fact, I, I talked, I talk a lot about these days, a lot about the, uh, the younger Dryas impact hypothesis that you know, twelve thousand years ago, the Earth was destroyed. Um, the Earth was rocked by this cataclysmic event that was catalyzed by comet impact, by fragments of a comet that broke up in our atmosphere, or we passed through, we passed through uh, the debris field of an asteroid. Now, some people, like Graham Hancock, seem to think that we're due to pass through that debris field again in the very near future, and when we do. Um, that we might experience some some more impact events from the same debris field. 
So there's all these ideas, and 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 I don't necessarily subscribe to any of them specifically, but I do get the sense that something like that might be true. And if it is, then it sets up an, a, a, a scenario <clears throat> which does fit into the scenarios I put forth in my book, Birthright, regarding what I think is going to unfold with the aliens, a scenario in which... Um, we are facing some kind of a cataclysmic apocalypse and and uh we are helped somehow we are we are given aid by extraterrestrial entities and i think i do put a footnote actually in my book because if that certain scenario does unfold it would most likely be the blonde haired blue eyed humanoid ones the ones that we look like that are sometimes called the Nordics or the Palladians. It seems to me that they would be the ones to step in and, and save us from this impending doom. I think they're going to save us from the from the greys. Um, but it's hard for me to imagine the greys saving us from something. But maybe maybe that's another scenario that could unfold. And they can say, for example, we've been making clones or we've been preserving the human uh, genetic code, human DNA. We've been... We've been um, We've been, you know, sort of like in a Noah's Ark and, and preserving the human species and, and making sure that the human species is hybridized with us so that it can survive the, the, the aftermath of the cataclysm that's coming. I mean, you could imagine a scenario like that unfolding, and that would cast the greys in sort of the, the heroic light. They would play the part of the hero in that scenario, which is difficult for me to imagine, but it's not beyond it's it's not beyond uh possibility so um tim one uh, of the things i was wondering and i don't mean to interrupt you go ahead no please but i but i was thinking along the lines of you said there there's reports of training humans to fly craft and so forth Mm -hmm. i wonder if they're not training a fifth column force to invade. maybe they are maybe they are i immediately thought like mk ultra you you fracture someone's mind enough and then give them some sort of a stimulus and then everybody, you know, hop twos to uh, whatever they're being told to do. And it's it. We've done it before in the government. It's capable. But I don't well, know. The Greys are much scale. more capable of something like that than any than 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 the government too. Do you think the infrastructure, like five G or any of that stuff, could pay could play any mind to it? It's interesting. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. See, here's the question. <clears throat> there are so many different uh, avenues here of thought, right. but but. Are we being terraformed right now? Yes. Are we beginning to un- undergo some form of terraforming, some kind of terraforming in preparation for an a, a an extinction level event that's going to render the planet basically open to whoever comes in next, me- meaning the greys, or or are they are they terraforming the earth and, and messing with our atmosphere and messing with you know. Uh, the geological aspects of the earth and and creating the cataclysm creating the problem um there are just so many different possibilities that you could uh, that you could consider so let me let me give you a, a hypothetical and this is just my belief the way i view these things is that I think you you have the uh, I think there's a possibility that the grays and the aliens that we talk about and I think you mentioned this in your book as well 
uh, and chime in anytime you feel like is that there is a a fallen angel level of this and in some ways i i kind of i kind of think that if there was another hybrid civilization that the fallen angels took whatever survivors were left moved them off planet somewhere and that might be a visitation from the craft and technology because i mean if angels taught warfare, they taught medicine, they taught art, they taught literature, they taught all these different things, which, you know, some experts speculate they did. Well, then how can we not know they didn't teach metallurgy and other different types of mechanics or fabrication? Well, you know, taking I, humans off planet somewhere else, that's uh, that's very much like the plot line in, in the Stargate TV series, which, by the way, since our last conversation, I think, Dave, you were talking about it. Yes. Uh, now I, I've been watching them, and my kids are obsessed with them. They watch them every evening, and uh, so it's interesting. It's interesting uh, now that I've never watched them before. And now that I'm watching that TV series, there's a lot of episodes too. Yeah, now that I'm yeah. watching that TV <clears throat> series, it's 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 a very uh, intriguing plotline, um, except for the the alien creatures that are you know that are inhabiting the guts of these people that's the only part i find extremely yeah, like parasitical uh, right yeah yeah the, the parasitical element is uh is a bit weird but uh, other than that the idea that you know some humans that were taken off of earth in the ancient times ancient egyptians and you know the different the different cultures and are and and have continued their the progress of their civilization somewhere else but effectively that those people effectively those would be human beings extraterrestrial human beings is what they would amount to yes that's right um, and so is that in play who knows i mean <laughs> well i mean who, who who knows what what you know radiation off world could do to a body over a period of generations and generations along with whatever new type of substance that you're eating or maybe having to be uh pharmaceutically enhanced to survive a an environment that could you know otherworldly change you possibly um, you know, I, I just look at it because I think in a lot of ways, the great deception is the aliens coming back and, and being the saviors. Um, and I just, I think like, there's no way we're going to accept you if you're the creepy, scary insectolins or the grays I've been, you know, probing and kidnapping everybody. But if, if you come back looking more like us, people are naive enough to say, oh, well, they're really nice. They, they must be telling the truth. Well, you do have the hybrids that are integrating into human society gradually. So there's that element of the greys. Um, maybe the greys never intend to make themselves known. Maybe they only intend to control humanity through their hybrid proxies. And that, that seems to me to be a very effective way to gain control of, of the planet without destroying its resources um, or dare I say its workforce it's cattle being us it's 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 biological resource being us i mean you know if you want to maintain the stock without and and the and the planet itself um doing this subversive surreptitious integration of your hybrids into human society your hybrids are fully um controlled by you and loyal to you and they have no choice really um, that seems to be a very ingenious way to, to go about that. And, 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 and in fact, to, to some extent, the scariest proposition of all, how long let's, let's assume that, you know, that 
David Jacobs was correct years ago, it was five, six, seven years ago now, when he released his last published work, that the the integration process, the abduction program, which is which the purpose of which is the purpose of which is to create uh, alien human hybrids that are indistinguishable from us, but that are still alien and maintain the powerful telepathic capabilities of the greys or the insectolins. And, and, and if those beings were integrating into society, um, let's say seven years ago, and the most basic level, learning how to operate a refrigerator, learning how to operate a television, learning how to operate an automobile, learning what to do in a department store, you know, and they're connected to their, they're connected to their, what Jacobs calls their, their, um, uh, their, their personal project hybrid. In other words, the abductee is connected to a personal project hybrid who they have to sort of escort through these different learning scenarios and, uh, and teach them about life on earth. Well, what if seven years ago they were learning to check out with some, with an item at Walmart, you know, two o'clock in the morning with their personal project, uh, with their, uh, with their abductee. Well, seven years down the line, how long is it going to be now before they're running for office? How long is it going to be before they're working their way up the military, uh, ranks? How long is it going to be before they're, before they're becoming the CEOs of major industries of major companies in, in huge industries, like, you know, the energy industry or the entertainment industry, okay. is that the end goal? I mean, well, is it, is the, is the end goal to take over, to, 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 to control the powers, uh, the levers of power in human society, gradually working these hybrids up through society. That would mean that they would have to live a relatively normal life on earth, which when Jacobs was completing his work, uh, his, or at least publishing his, his last book, they were not anywhere close to living a normal life on earth. They were the these these hybrid entities are very abnormal. They're not like us. They're trying to pretend to be like us, but they're not like us. They are well. The scariest thing, which I always tell people, according to the data, is that they are lacking in empathy. They have yeah. no empathy. God, they're have, they're they're arrested. very vicious uh, beings. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. So my question is: you you talk about viciousness, and I'm going to bring up a sensitive topic, but I think it. I think you you may get onto this with it. Um, Davos, WEF, all the world leaders meeting right now. This is the largest accumulation of world leaders to meet at Davos in history. Um, they just released, Klaus Schwab's WEF uh, just released that they want age gap uh, love and to decriminalize pedophilia on an international scale. And it's all part of a depopulation theory. Too many people on earth and if you have child brides then there'll be less families most likely uh obviously right could there be an element of a very sinister plot like that i mean because you know it's it's well very- it is a sinister plot it, on its own face i mean just on the face of it uh the, the normalization of abomination is in and of itself, a sinister plot. They're normalizing abominable sin. They're making it 
passe. They're making it acceptable in society mm -hmm. so that they so that evil people can can operate out in the open with impunity. And they're creating a society that is is completely and utterly reprobate. And um, and that is a very frightening uh, situation, I think, that that that's developing. I mean, when you talk about normalizing pedophilia, it's hard to imagine anything worse besides maybe normalizing murder. And that would be like the only thing I can think of. That would be the the only thing left for them to normalize. If they can, they already normalize infanticide. They already well, did. They, yeah, I mean, they're, they're already doing uh, infanticide. Uh, well, they're they're doing euthanasia. That's yeah. the uh, euthanasia. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And just and just in Congress, all the Democrats voted against that bill. Was it today? Uh, that that was that is uh, um, that protects the life of a of a of a baby born in a botched. Uh, yeah, um, debated it. They de they debated. They de yeah, and all every Democrat baby. every Democrat voted against it. In other words, no, don't save the baby's life, let it die. So that's infanticide. Period. And so, so you have, go ahead. Okay, so we we're, we're normalizing sin. Okay, we're normalizing sin now. Uh, we're calling good evil and evil good. Let Let's go ahead and say we're in that that reality now as a as a people. Definitely. We are a fractured minded people every every city and every state and every country is now a reflection of babylon and in comes more yeah right in comes a guy who says let's say who who gets to uh running for election for president and comes out and says i am a hybrid alien human <laughs> what do you think the possibility of that ever is i don't that at, would destroy that level, their that that, that would that would defeat the the covert nature of their operation well what if they don't have to be covert anymore people are so fractured we believe almost to the point that bestiality is okay yeah but uh i think that would freak people out i mean you're talking about then like a i think a lot of people of every political persuasion would think, my God, are we being taken over by, by an alien species? Uh, um, what you have in society is very simply, you have, Jesus said, all those who hate me love death. Jesus said that the light came into the world and, and this is the judgment on, on mankind that they, that they loved the darkness and and that is what we are seeing manifesting. We are seeing the manifest allegiance to the darkness, to sin. We are seeing what the Bible calls a reprobate mind. And that is judgment. God turns a nation over to a reprobate mind as an act of judgment. And in fact, homosexuality, it's also rampant homosexuality, is off is also a judgment. And when basically God makes the men of a nation weak, and then that nation collapses. And, uh, and that is what we're seeing. So I'm not sure that the, the reprobate mind that we're witnessing, not just in America, but all over the world, especially in Europe, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, Australia and Canada, all over the world, um, this reprobate mind that we're seeing, I'm not sure 
that it is directly associated to anything associated with the activity of the grace. Um, certainly it's associated with the activity of, of the devil and of a demonic influence that is, that is saturating the social political climate of, of these Western nations. And so, but I don't know, I don't know that I can draw a correlation directly to the grace. Let me tell you what I would, uh, I'll just throw this out here for you guys to, to critique this. As you're talking, I reflected in a lot of different ways. One was the 1996 movie with Charlie Sheen, The Arrival. And uh, you mentioned, Tim, about the integration of hybrids. In this case, it was human imposters coming from an alien species transformed by a machine. And we had the head of NASA being one of them, a couple people in government in the movie. So the integration factor was answered in that movie from that perspective. And I think that that would be a natural uh, expectation that if you want to control a society, and I think control is their goal, you would have to start with the power structure. But I'm even going to go a little more radical with you. And this won't surprise Doug based on our past discussions. But what I am wondering here is what if singularity in transhumanism, um, what if it's not man and machine necessarily machine is a transitory uh, a way to get to the final destination what if the singularity is between man and alien and the purpose is to oppose god both are uh, not of christ and uh, therefore i'll go a step further you're wondering if a deal has not been made with the descendants of the fallen angels and we've discussed possible you know, different DNA from that from that line coming from Genesis six. What if a deal's been made to promulgate that? Then everybody else is hand selected by this group to serve, and they get great riches and so forth, and they're bought off for their compliance. And they're told at these world conferences, "You will survive, but for us to move forward, humanity has to be sacrificed." I'm just giving you a scenario. Uh, it's very plausible that might be science fiction. So go ahead. It guys. sounds very plausible to me, and I would say that uh, you know that that the the idea that the the idea that the I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Um, I just lost the second point you made um, with regard to the deal uh, made between the descendants of uh, no before uh, the that. fallen angels no, before, before that, that. Uh, literally the, just the singularity between yes there it is yes yes there it is that is actually a, the part of the premise that in, in in one of the premises in my book regarding the alien presence and that transhumanism it has a destination because transhumanism it it's it's it means it's it's a it's a term that conveys a transition so you're transitioning from human to non-human post-human and and what what i believe is going to happen is is exactly what you said that that we're not just going to be um we're not shooting in the dark we're not we have there's a goal is going to is going to present itself that's not the best way to say it an, ob an objective is going to present itself in terms of what we're aiming at in in this transition uh and that i believe will happen the form in the form of these extraterrestrial entities who i call the elder race this angelic race but the apostate 
fallen aspect, the fallen faction of that race is going to present themselves or their hybrid offspring or both to the world and inform us that we can become like them. See, then that gives us a trajectory. That gives us a goal. That gives us an, the object of transhumanism is to, is to transform us into them, to become specifically like them rather than just in the abstract we're going to become yeah you know we're going to merge with machines and life extension no this is going to narrow the focus on no 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 we're going to become like them like nimrod becoming a gibberine well yeah i mean imagine imagine if you know and i and, and, and i do present this scenario in my book imagine if we are confronted with an open conflict with the greys. Let's say, here's a scenario. Let's say that we do realize that the greys are integrating into society. Let's say that the, maybe even aspects of uh, our military already know this. And they're, and they're actively looking for these entities. And maybe some factions are working with them to help accomplish this plan with exactly what you just said, Dave, that there's some kind of a deal struck behind the scenes that we have to wipe out most of humanity, but but you guys will remain and you're going to get life extension technologies or whatever. Um, but but if we do realize that the greys are a clear and present danger, which is the narrative coming out of the government, even though that narrative is being tightly controlled right now, that is the the direction of the, that is the tone that's coming out of the out of the Pentagon, a national security threat and non-human, a non-human national security threat. So we're confronted with this this alien threat, the likes of which we have no defense against this. Uh, even our reverse engineered technology isn't going to be able to match the original uh, technology uh, that the greys are operating. And so we're faced with this scenario, very much like that, catas that cataclysm scenario, where it's like an extinction level event scenario, or at least at the very least, a, a, an enslavement to this extraterrestrial faction that's taking us over surreptitiously through hy hybrids. And suddenly, in our hour of need, these beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair-skinned beings show up to help us fight against the greys. Great and deception. Remember, Great deception. Exactly. And remember... Referencing that Eisenhower lore, that create a contract scenario, do you remember that in that in the in that story, there is the 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 Greys were one faction, but there was another faction that was contacting the U.S. government. Do you remember that? And that faction was a benevolent, quote unquote, benevolent, highly advanced, spiritual, spiritually advanced, benevolent faction that was warning us about the greys that's part of that lore of that eisenhower thing they were warning us about the greys not to get involved with the greys yeah exactly and 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 um they but they were not willing to work directly with us meaning this quote-unquote benevolent faction because we would not give up our nuclear arms according to this lore according to this story revolving around eisenhower we wouldn't give up. Our, they wanted us to get rid of our nuclear arms before they would openly interface with us because we were too uh, barbarian. We were we were too savage still. 
And uh, but they warned us not to interact with the Greys. So there you have the beginning of the scenario that I'm laying out. So now you have the Greys just taking over, and we we are going to be in need of a savior. And I believe that that is the great deception, not I the great aliens yeah. in the abduction program, but the ones who show up to deliver us from the alien threat. That's the deception because that person, there's going to be a leader among them in my estimation. And that person is the very person that the Bible calls the man of sin, the son of perdition, perdition yeah. and Apollo. And mm -hmm. I believe that his name, in my opinion, will be Apollo. And that he will be presented to the earth as Apollo. Do you guys remember what Apollo looked like? Fair skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, golden hair. And he represented, by the way, the golden age. Mm -hmm. But Apollo was... The sun so, so you have this, this these beings that show up. And are those beings going to be themselves the dragon and his angels? I, I would say possibly, but I would refine that. And I would say it's more likely that they're going to be the hybrid offspring of the dragon and his angels. And they're going to be the proof of concept of what humanity can become if we, if we take the genetic marks or the genetic mark of Apollo, the genetic trademarks of that race. And who is that race? They are the offspring of the dragon and his angels and human women. They are effectively Nephilim, and yeah. and so they're going to be the proof of concept. You can become like us. And, and of course, they're going to deliver us from the grace. And the contrast would be very remarkable. Very, It'd be a very stark contrast between the, the, the grays and the insectolins, these extremely exotic alien beings, and our saviors who are showing up looking like, literally looking like the Greek gods, right? Showing up in saucers, in their craft, to deliver us from the alien threat. Now, our government is wrestling with the greys. That's most of what's going on. The greys, I think, constitute most of what's going on behind the scenes with the military. But I believe, and I have, this is just a shot in the dark, this is just rank speculation on my part, but I believe that the Vatican may be interfacing with the other guys. I would agree with that. I mean, we talked about that before, Mount Graham and and I'll, I'll baptize aliens. I mean, all right. the hints are Or there. they'll exactly. baptize us, don't forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, yeah. Hey, let baptismal let me, baptism let me, of fire is what I would say. Let me right. throw this in there. Uh, and get you guys comment on it all right so for one thing every time you say hybrids it reminds me of something when you mix a donkey and a horse you get a mule well the mule can't breed they're effectively sterile do you think the hybrids are sterile which is why when it, you know like the prophecy in daniel their seed cannot cleave with ours right we can't mingle because of that or the other one is is the guy's name Galvian Thor? Is that is that it? Valiant Thor? Yeah. Yeah. Val Valiant Thor. Yeah. So we had this visitor from Uranus. Okay. Some people Venus. Mistake, was it Venus? Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, the guy spoke 40 languages. He was uh at I guess at one point in time uh met with our Congress. Allegedly. Allegedly, right? 
Is there is there there's pictures? Allegedly, there's pictures of him online, and uh, he looks like Jimmy Stewart, right. the actor. And by the way, you're missing one very important detail: six fingers. Yeah, Valiant Thor and his and his and his consort had six fingers, according to the legend, right? And this, and by the way, this legend, the Valiant Val Valiant Thor, is is old. It's not like hundreds of years old, but it's it comes from the beginning of UFO lore. It goes way back. To I like, think it's like fifties, fifties, fifties and sixties. It goes yeah. way back. This is not somebody listening to Steve Quayle and then creating this myth about Valiant Thor having six fingers. This predates any of of us or you guys out there or Tom Horn or see it predates that. And so the fact that this dude, one of the one of the 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 identifiers of this of these beings is that they had six fingers, I, I find very intriguing. But allegedly they should they came from Venus and they were here. They say that there's an a a a, a habitation in in, in an underground habitation in Venus. So in other words, they're inhabiting the interior of the planet. And, and I don't know if any of this is true, but this is the, the lore. And there's pictures, um, allegedly pictures of them on the internet of, of uh, Thor and the, and his female consort and, um, and uh, Phil they, Schneider. They, would you Go say ahead. they fit that Nordic profile? Um, no, actually. I believe the woman did, but but Valiant Thor appears to, like I said, he looks very much like the actor Jimmy Stewart. So when you think of Valiant Thor, think about Jimmy Stewart with six fingers. That's what he looks like. He looked like an, an a normal American citizen. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of weird stuff out there. Now this is very, you know, what I find interesting too, talking about you know this this UFO lore. Um. I find the, the older stuff to be a lot more credible than the new stuff. I don't know if, if you guys, if you guys get that sense as well, but I yeah. find this stuff pre-internet days when it was, when it was guys talking on the radio, when it was, when, when, when it was guys like Phil Schneider traveling around the country, um, going to these uh, prepper expos and talking about uh, um, these things and, and uh, L Bielik and, and, and all of those guys and, and Colonel Corso, the old school guys, I find to be very credible. Bob Lazar um, and uh, George Knapp, all the old school guys seem very credible, highly credible to me. Um, and th and it's from that school of thought, not to say that George Knapp ever believed in Val Valiant Thor. I have no idea if he did, does or doesn't, but, but Phil Schneider certainly talked about him. Um, and uh, I believe also that uh, what's his name? He wrote the book, uh, behold a pale horse. Um, I, his name escapes me right now. Um, but anyway, some of these old school guys would mention Valiant Thor. And I've never seen what I would consider to be a robust and 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 sufficiently thorough debunking of that story of Val Valiant Thor. To my knowledge, there, there doesn't exist. You, there is no debunking of that story now that's not to say that it's proven and i don't think it's proven by any means but but you would think that something so outlandish would be easy to just absolutely demolish right but to my knowledge uh it's still a big mystery i mean you know phil schneider used to show pictures of these these people um of thor and his consort and 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 would i believe he even said that his father 
who was a U-boat captain, a Nazi U-boat captain, was brought over in paperclip, that his father interfaced with them. And, uh, and that they were trying to, according to the legends, they were trying to work with the government, but they, I think they got frustrated and they left or something like that. I think that's the story. But how interesting that they were depicted as having, or described as having six fingers. That's very interesting to me. Well, while you say that, I'm searching the National Archives and trying to look at Valiant Thor? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, we laugh, but if you if you put in, you know, UFO in the National Archives, buddy, you're going to come up with some crazy stuff uh, and stuff that we really don't have any very many explanations for. Um, but the Aquiline Project does come up in that. Uh, uh, the uh, There's a bunch of things that come up in this. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm searching and, I, and I'm not, I'm not finding anything. It doesn't mean that it's not, you know, hidden, um, but you know, well, if you pull up, if you type in Valiant Thor, you're going to get exactly the individual I'm talking about. He looks like Jimmy Stewart. He has a resemblance to, to Jimmy Stewart, the actor. Yeah. The, um, and, uh, there's a, actually, there's a lot of pictures. Uh, there's more than a handful of pictures of this particular guy. Again, I'm not saying that this is this, I'm not qualifying this as as established fact. This is in the realm of question mark for me. I have no idea if Valiant Thor was real, but it is extremely intriguing to me, especially that so many pictures of this guy exist and that uh, and that there's just there, there's so many of these old school guys were talking about him. In fact, you know, Valiant Thor, his female consort, by the way, uh, is... Aryan in appearance. She is blonde-haired, fair-skinned. I, I have I have a picture pulled up. Um, she looks weird. Her face is kind of bulbous. You, you want to show it, and I'll display it. Yeah, if you share a screen, I'll 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 go ahead and show you. Well, are you pulling up the one? There's one. She's in a lot of pictures with him, where she's sitting next to him, or there's another gentleman too. That's yeah. part of this consort. Yeah, there's there's three of them all together. Yes. Hold and on. the and one then the woman is is blonde here, assumedly clear eyed. You can't really tell in the pictures that these are the pictures. Again, you know, for those listening, I don't know if this if this if if this guy is just some some known figure uh, who worked in government or or if in fact we're looking at some sort of some sort of an extraterrestrial. Well, I'm trying to get this to come up here, well, the, no matter the, where I... The story of Valiant Thor didn't come right. out until 67. But he had supposedly been around in the 50s. Yeah, that's right. But, but like you say, yeah. though, there's there's really nothing that says that him and his companions from Venus um, were debunked or denied. I find that, I, I, like you pointed out, I find that to be more interesting than uh, the UAP thing now. Well, yeah, I mean, it always struck me as strange. You would think that this would be so easy to just absolutely debunk, you know, with just just a, uh, finding who this person actually is or finding reference to this person or whatever. But to my knowledge, no one has ever debunked the Valiant Thor story. Now, that, again, that does not qualify it as as fact. It just it just it just puts a big old question mark over it that. I'm having trouble with screen share, Doug. Can you get it up here? I've, I've got. It says it's operational, but it doesn't look right. Uh, it says that you... somebody's screen is being shared. I can see. That's yeah, mine. Yeah, just exit out of yours, Dave. 
It says that you uh, haven't you haven't given me permission to uh, to share the screen. Yeah, and it's not it's not allowing me to do that because there's two settings. One, it's for you, and two, it's for your guest, and it's not giving me the permission for the guest. That's fine. I'll I'll put in a picture of of uh, okay. Valiant yeah, you just edit it in. There's yeah. a there's actually notes, and again, what's so intriguing about this is there's more than a few pictures yeah, of no, these three individuals. Yeah, and and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to look this up, just type in V A L Val V A L I A N Thor Val Valiant Thor or Valiant Valiant Thor. Yeah, with like, a like on a brave Valiant Valiant Thor, you'll get you'll get all kinds of pictures. Yeah, and he had a uh, he had some sort of a speech that he gave uh, to Congress about how to like save the world and all this stuff, but. You know, it just it it shocks me that we have a visitation, um, you know, in the 1950s. Here's what I find to be interesting, and maybe maybe you can shine. Doug, some let light. me interrupt you. If you, if you want to try to bring that up now, it should work. Okay. With the glitches have been out today, um, I don't. I heard he didn't speak to Congress. I heard it was closed door with executive the officials. Well. It was to yeah. the Pentagon. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, so here's probably one of the all the different pictures you can see of him. He does here. look like Jimmy Stewart. You're right. Yeah. The woman uh, looks like she should be Ravensbrook. I mean, she looks very... Uh, well, she's very striking. Nazi Aryan, yeah. Yeah. They're handsome people. Oh, now, yeah. again, you would think that somebody would have been able to say, oh, no, that's this person. You know, because he's being pictured in government settings here. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, again, maybe that's happened. But to my knowledge, and I look in at every now and again, I, I pull up the search engine and see if I can find a debunking of Valiant Thor. And maybe there's been one done recently, but uh, not to my knowledge. Yeah, I would love it to hear is, someone like Tucker Carlson bring that up. He won't. Well, there's, there, there's nothing you can hold on to. There's nothing. There's no substance there. You just have yeah. the testimony of Phil Schneider, who talks a great deal about Valiant Thor. I believe the late L. Bielik. Dave, were you familiar with L. Bielik? Very familiar. Yeah. He used to do a series of shows with Art Bell. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And he's and he was very, very good friends with Phil Schneider. And uh, and tells a lot of stories about Phil Schneider and, and Phil tells stories about L. Now there were there were things about L's stories that uh, some sometimes were just were just so far out there. I mean, he was he was allegedly uh, part of the the uh, the Montauk project. Yeah, Philadelphia experiment. The Philadelphia experiment. Right. Experiment mm -hmm. and and uh, and but but he struck me as a very sincere guy. So all of these these old timers, these old school guys. This was before talking about ufos was cool this was when talking about ufos was was a surefire way for everybody to think you're nuts um you know this was back before the internet well and, art bell art bell really normalized a lot of that he did yeah what do you think about the um the current state of affairs with cattle mutilation there's been some new stories popped up of cattle mutilation did and you and i have talked about this mainly because i had a cattle mutilation in my back acreage 
Um, and being someone that was uh, previously a law enforcement professional, um, you know, your testimony has to be impeccable. If you're found to be a, li- a liar, then you're giglioed and you are yanked out the force. And so, you know, for me, what happened, it just is what it is. It was a cow, you know, sexual organs have been removed. The ear had been removed, everything. I, I had a carcass evaluation done. I didn't have a toxicology done, uh, but I did have a carcass evaluation done by a veterinarian. And the body had been assanguated and all that stuff, you know, the typical case. And now we just have, I think it was another 40 cattle um, in Colorado that had experiences of a cattle mutilation. And so do you, do you have a good answer or a good guess as to why the cattle mutilation thing is still going on? Um. Is it possible that they're extracting some sort of natural resource from the the cattle that they need? Yeah, yeah I think. I so. mean, it, it it could be it could be even uh, there could be a very prosaic answer to this. You know, maybe maybe they use parts of the cattle to process food for themselves, nutrients for themselves. Yeah, and I... you know, they don't just take cattle. By the way, they also suck water up into the craft. That's right. That's right. And they and and they've been seen taking other things as well. Sometimes people see the grays get out of the craft and go into a field and 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 do something, go gather something and come back. So these are biological creatures and they they have to sustain themselves. They need nutrients and uh and you know their technology needs fuel and whatever it uses. I mean whatever they use to maintenance their technology. So I would ascribe the cattle mutilations to they're they're harvesting something that may be related to their nutrients well i think there's a breeding program for the cattle if there's a breeding program for the people to create hybrids how are you going to feed them well the cattle are put back dead i mean the cattle the cattle are returned to the point of uh of abduction but they're dead and they're and there is there's a lot of of accounts where uh, they they hit a cow and they took the calf that hadn't been born yet Sure. Maybe they're, maybe they got their own cattle operation going and they're, and they're, they're harvesting uh, specimens of the highest genetic stock. I don't know. I was uh, speaking with someone on this many, many years ago, and this is after the uh, uh, Phoenix lights. And uh, this person was a biologist. And what they said is interesting thing about the cattle mutilations is that cattle's DNA and some of the functions of their autonomic nervous system is very similar to humans. So I'm wondering if this is not part of the hybridization program where they're going to mix in a third element. It very well could be. They could be harvesting genetic material for some other purpose. I mean, you know, or it could be all the above, by the way. It could be they're harvesting genetic material and they're using the, the, the flesh for their... Their nutrients. Yeah, their but nutrient why, 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 why the anus? Why the organs? Why the brain? I mean, they excise things with precision and just throw the carcass they, back. They take the blood. Yeah, that's true. And uh, sometimes I think they take the eyeball or one eyeball. Or, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it, it does seem very scientific. It seems like there's there's something about each one of these organs that is that is important to their breeding program. That's the sense I get. But also, 
Go ahead. If if we look at this from let's say a law enforcement a law enforcement perspective, which is very much taboo, um, every one of these is a crime scene, and there is a similarity to every single crime scene. The cows are taken and then put back. Typically, the body is dropped or damaged. There is an yeah. organ or two organs or more missing. And then the tails are missing. The skin is peeled back or burnt somehow. The ear is missing. The eyeball is missing. So if we look at Jack the Ripper cases, you know, you can see the telltale similarities in between what all six to eight victims that uh, that are there. But when you have hundreds of victims of all similar case and then law enforcement as a whole goes, eh, it's a it's you know, it's predatory. Well, it's not. It's not predatory. At this point in time, we have methods of behavior. We have patterns of behavior and we have methodologies of how things are being picked up, put down, cut apart, assanguated. Animals don't do that. Animals you know, will bite and bleed you out, but not assanguate you. And when I, I, I did my own investigation on this carcass that was here on, uh, on our homestead, no abrasions, no puncture wounds, no gunshot wounds, no lacerations. Um, and this is a 700 pound steer. Good luck petting it for one thing. And good luck p- uh, pinning it to the ground if it's a person trying to do it. Now, once again, we didn't get a toxicology, so I don't know if it was tranquilized, but my family was outside in the pasture when it happened. They walked away and within minutes came back, things on mm-hmm. the ground. That That's not how you know things normally work. Um, Let me broaden the field here for a second. Tim, is there any evidence that we see these uh, mutilations of humans in the form that they do cattle? You know, I've seen disparate accounts here and there over the years I've been studying the phenomenon, the abduction phenomenon, but in in generally speaking, no. Generally speaking, they do not treat human beings like cattle, thankfully. Uh, They may treat us like cattle in in other senses, but in terms of of what they do to, to our livestock and then leaving this emaciated body lying there without blood and so forth uh no that is if there are cases they're extremely uncommon the the common procedure is they put you back as as close as to how they took you that they can except for you might have you might have a little hybrid baby grown in your womb when they put you back but that's all covert i mean they don't they don't want you to know as soon as you start to show they take it yeah exactly yeah that's true I've heard that a number of times. Well, we've kind of reached, we've gone well over our time limit, but this has been so fascinating. It's hard to know where to end it. Tim, I hope we can do a part two. Doug and I are going to review and we'll formulate a starting point with a new territory to go into. But, uh, you know, one of the things I just wanted to say before we close, I agree with you, Tim. There is a disagreement in the intelligence community on how much to reveal, and they reveal too much. Oh, we got to pull back. But that's also the breeding ground for leakers, and I think we need to be aware of things being leaked out through third-party sources. Very good point. Very good well, point. Yeah, I, I got I got nothing to add. You know, I I I wish we had this conversation every day. And the government, oh, this is fantastic. The government's <laughs> lying great. to us. They're not telling yeah. us the truth. And whatever yeah. truth the government tells you has been approved by the governmental lawyers, and it's not the whole truth. 
everything but the truth. I agree. Gentlemen, this has been fascinating, and I'm sure our audience will agree. We're kind of left with a question mark, but I think we've helped take the audience steps closer to really contemplating what's true and what's not true. At least they're in a decision where they can start to evaluate. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to see more and more revelations come forth. I think some will be disinfo, like I said before, and I think some of it will be leaked info. Gentlemen, this has been good. Uh, This is Dave Hodges for my partner, Doug Thornton, and our guest, Tim Alberino. I want to thank all of you for joining us. Uh, Come back for more. We just don't do geopolitics here, although this could be the ultimate geopolitical event if you look at it that way. But thanks a lot. We'll see you back here next time. God bless. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, guys.